Do you struggle with a dry, dull, tangled, or itchy beard? Maybe you find little beard hair curls all over the bathroom sink. Have you found that most beard products are too greasy, don't soften your beard, or smell bad in general? If this is you, there is a simple solution to your problem. If you are looking for a change and to level up your beard game, then you need to try Nine Hair Co. Beard Products. These products were created for men of color, all natural and organic premium oils for maximum quality. Nine Hair Co. products will nourish, protect, and soothe your beard and skin. The beard oil is designed for clean shaven to medium beards, while the beard balm is designed for medium to thick beards. Both products relieve itching during growth, adds moisture, and promote shine. Can you use beard oil and the beard balm together? Absolutely, yes you can. For more information on leveling up your beard, click the link for 9hairco.com in the description box below. The radio show ATL The Aftermath on the air. Easy, we got another interview coming through, another great interview. And this time we got Jeff Celentano and Ricky Hill. All right. So Ricky Hill is this movie, The Hill, is based on his story. And Jeff is the director of that movie. We were fortunate enough to get both of them to talk about the inspirational story of how Ricky overcame a debilitating injury to his back and legs to make it to get signed by the Montreal Expos. Easy, you a baseball head. You you wearing a jersey right now. How you feel about talking to Ricky and Jeff? I'm excited, man. I'm ready to get into it. Uh, the movie is doing great in theaters right now. It's got some really great reviews. So I really want to get into this and talk some baseball. All right. Well, we are going to do that. We're going to bring in Ricky and Jeff and talk some baseball and about the movie. You are now listening to The Radio Show. I'm going to go on a limb here and say I don't hate the remake of Karate Kid. It's not that bad. It's not that good either. You're listening to the radio show ATL on YouTube and all other podcast providers. All right. The radio show ATL, The Aftermath, is back on the air, and we got two great guests with us. All right. So from the movie The Hill that's based on Ricky Hill, we have Ricky Hill great baseball player and then we have the director of the movie jeff salentano is with us as well fellas thank you so much for making time to come on the show we definitely appreciate it hey 16 it's our pleasure man we're glad to be here if you love our movie and you're supporting it you are very special people to us you know i've done about 100 of these with ricky and i don't i don't even ask who they are i just go anybody loves my movie i'm here to help you guys in any way i can and talk about it and get the word out because uh it was like 17, almost 20 years now in my life trying to get this movie made. And you and you got it done. And, you know, we're having both of you here. We got questions for both of you. So I know with me, I probably tag team going from between Ricky and Jeff. But I, I did want to start with, with with Ricky here. So, Ricky, let me ask you. So starting um, um, a lot of times in life, you know, imitation, especially when it comes to like our parents, like my brother will tell you that um, our dad was a DJ. And the next thing you know, we're like resisting. Next thing you know, we're doing 
something similar to what he was doing. So with parents and children, they get interested in what their parents do sometimes indirectly. So what was the biggest reason that you didn't really see yourself following in your father's footsteps, I guess, at the time that he really wanted you to do that? Well, I kind of did want to follow that way in some, in, in some way, but I always had lingering in, lingering in, in the background the baseball in my in my mind I, I just dreamed every night of tagging home runs out of the park and uh, i i honestly thought at five years old that i would be wind up taking the batting title taking m- more home runs than anyone in history i believed that at five years old that's that and i know that's crazy but it was true and when i found out that i could hit a rock with a stick and hit it so well and just hit it so far, even wearing my leg wear that I wore. Um, I knew that that's what, I knew that's what my calling, but then again, in the background lurking was my father wanting me to be a minister. Cause we all want to be like our fathers in a way, like you said, we do. We all kind of want to be like our fathers, but when you have two loves going at one time, and you got to pick one of them some way, one way or the other. Or you can, you, in my case, I could do both. That's true. Yeah. And then sometimes, you know, with sons and fathers, sometimes you had that natural, like, rebellious feeling where dad might be pushing for it. And it's like, I'm going to go against the grain. Like you said, you had the two loves. But it's like, yeah, I know I could follow dad, but I really want to do this baseball thing. So it's probably part of that rebellion of pushing back, too, that might have had something to do with it as well, you know. Because it seems like sometimes sons could be naturally rebellious when it comes to dad sometimes. Exactly. I agree with you. Um, uh, he, is there interesting? I used to go out, out there and when I was eight years old in the yard and just start preaching. I <laughs> preached to the people on the block, start preaching the sermon. And then five minutes later, I'm out there hitting rocks, you know, just hitting rocks. And people, they're always watching me and laughing at me and, it was kind of a thrill to to the people on the block because they're always watching me hit hit rocks or I'm hitting somebody's house or hitting the trains as they go by, you know, drilling them with rocks, the trains and all this stuff. And it was really kind of neat because I was out there doing both in a way. So yeah, I mean, nice. Yeah, I had the love I had the love for my father's love but also had the love of the game. Yeah. And you can see it when you talk about it still, you know, that, that passion for it and in pivoting from that, when talking to Ricky about, you know, that part of it, you know, deciding, you know, what he wanted to do as far as, you know, continuing his own path or following with his dad, Jeff, I wanted to talk to you um, with you being the director, you know, what you do, it deals with tell, telling compelling stories. That's, that's what you do in particular. So, was there something in particular about Ricky's story that not only said, okay, not only do people need to, you know, I feel need to hear this, but I feel like I can make a entertaining movie out of this. And on top of all that, dude, you got Dennis Quaid to be in the movie. So what about that, you know, said, hey, wait a minute, you needs to be done. Thing, and I found the money. No, yeah, that part. Yeah, that's, that's a big part. Yes, the only part in the end of the If you don't have the if you don't have the money, I mean, it's impossible, man. It's true. And it was uh, four times we had the money, man. Um, 
I was in uh, Utah scouting a thousand miles of Utah. I was in Oklahoma. We had set up shop in Oklahoma. We had offices. Uh, the last piece of furniture was coming through the door and I got a phone call saying we used the money to buy some real estate. And we had already hired Dennis. That was six years ago. So it was a long road, man. And you're right. It was a lot of work. And, um, and back to your question, I mean, when I read the script, I cried my eyes out and said, I just saw the whole movie in my head. Like, I have the ability to, like, see the movie already shot, finished, and we're walking out of the theater. And that vision usually is on track. But when we shot the movie in Georgia, it changed a bit because my original vision was, like, dusty, dirty, dust bowl, Oklahoma, Texas. But then I kept wavering, like, do I want to make that or do I want to make it, like, more of a, uh, you know, it was a poor family. Ricky lived in desolate. But do I want to make that? No. I, so I went back and I studied uh, Dallas area in Fort Worth, and it looks just like Georgia. And it was like warm and fuzzy, you know, kind of like Spielberg movies or those old Disney movies back in the day that just got you in the heart, you know? Yep. So I couldn't ever put the script down. I mean, once I picked it up, it was like uh, an addiction. You know, I had to get it made. I, I, it was an obsession. And um, I wanted to make a beautiful, beautiful, I've always wanted to make, a, I've always trying to show people that I could be, uh, an epic director. I wanted to make movies with like 5,000 soldiers coming across the mountain, like Braveheart, you know? So I, I, all my movies, if you look at them, they're big. They're not like B movies. They're, even though I had very little money and the scripts aren't the best in the world, I always wanted to make them look big and grand. So this was my chance to make a movie that was a big sweeping epic about something. And I've always like, just had this connection to like a boy and his father. I don't know why. My father and I were, I never even knew of my father. It was weird. So I think that, you know, part of that is what drove me to want to tell this story because I never had a dad and I could totally relate to this kid trying to find the love of his father, which I always wanted, but I never had. And so, you know, when I went to Georgia and scouted um, Augusta, I was like, man, this is like written for the movie. I mean, man, it looks like 1960 still in some places. The 1970s. Some places, yeah. James Brown came from Augusta. So how could it be bad, right? And right. so I, I fell in love with it, and that's how it got started. Nice. I, you know, it was just funny, you know, your explanation that you got right to it. Jeff cut right to it easy. He was like, yeah, all that stuff's cool, but if you don't have the money to get it done, it's I, not going to happen. That's where it starts. I mean, yeah, I, I saw the, the budget was like $2.5 million. Like, you know, that's no, a lot. No, no, it's a, it's a lot bigger than that. Oh, it yeah. was. Okay. Yeah, but it, but it's, not, it's not a big budget but by any means, but it was like, it was like it was like a you know below ten that's for sure, mm-hmm. but it was two and a half where we'd be um, we'd be doing really good right now. It was two and a half. Um, oh, wow. I wish I could. I wish I could make it for two and a half, but that that's a dream. It might be coming, you know, with the success that's going on with this one. So you just you know you got to put that positivity out there. Oh yeah, right? no, so- I just, I, a guy just sent me an offer today on the email, and I'm like. I got to get an agent again or a manager or something. I'm doing all this by myself, you know? Yeah. You got to yeah. feel these things. This guy says he's got the money. He wants to do it. I'm sure they're going to be coming, which is cool. But um, this movie meant a lot to me. I'll never make another movie probably like this. It just was super special. And, you know, um, I have, I'm not, you know, I cried a lot during the making of this movie and after. And every time I see it, I still get emotional. Did you guys see it yet? No, actually, but. We were oh, fortunate you, enough. You, we're you, fortunate you, enough that we're going to see it this week, though, because absolutely, yeah, yeah, because because like I usually can tell when people haven't seen it, and you guys tricked me a little bit because you 
feel like you've seen it. I can see your spirit. And I can't, I'd love to talk to you afterward, man. You, you guys are going to, you, I can already tell you, you, you're, you're going to get it. No, we're, we're excited to see it. We are actually, we're talking about that today about making plans for, you know, being able to go and see the movie. So yes, that's Absolutely. definitely on the list to go and, and check that out. So um, again, here we're talking to baseball great Ricky Hill and then the director of The Hill, Jeff Celentano. All right. So the movie is in theaters now, The Hill, that's starring Colin Ford and Dennis Quaid. All right. So it's based on the incredible story of Mr. Ricky Hill here. And if you want more information on the movie, just go to thehillmove.com. Easy, do you have something for Jeff and Ricky? Yeah. So I'll start with uh, Ricky first. I have a two part question for you. Uh, when you were coming up, uh, what players did you like idolize and look up to and really try to mold your game after? Um, and then who in today's game would you say is probably your favorite to watch or somebody that you enjoy looking at? Well, you know, um, when I was coming up, um, when I was a kid, naturally, my first love was Mickey Mantle. I mean, how could you not love Mickey Mantle? Um, and then Willie Mays, those two, those two st studs in the in the game. And as far as then, when I started playing, uh, our roommate, our room with Andre Dawson. Oh wow! So I got to see you know action firsthand, but. Yeah, guy asked him if he ever like got to know Andre Andre Dawson while he was playing, and Ricky and I just laughed. Ricky said, yeah. "Yeah, I knew him a little bit. He was my roommate." Yeah, <laughs> yeah. He and Ellis Valentine. Uh, well, I talked to Ellis and, and Andre today, both of them, and I'm waiting on I'm waiting on Nolan Ryan to call tonight. They're good uh, friends, and Nolan Ryan. Yeah, they're, and that's my other my other person that I idolized so much was Nolan Ryan because my scout signed Nolan Ryan and he also signed me. Red and, Murph that's played by Scott Glenn in the movie. He plays that, that, that's yeah, you'll see, you'll see this. And, uh, uh, it talks about it in the movie a little bit about Red Murph signing Nolan Ryan, uh, a tough, a tough nut to crack. And then he winds up giving you know me some big challenges to throw at me. But uh, uh, Nolan Ryan was my my big hero even before I got to go face him because I got to face him later on in life. And you know a lot of times you get to face your heroes, which is hard to believe. I first one I ever faced was him. But I really didn't have any other heroes. That was it. Uh, the only other hero I had was myself because I'll be up front with you. I'm being honest with you. The, the main person I carried on that field was myself. Because if I do my job, guess what? If I do my job, the winning comes. Absolutely. I do mine. And, and I wasn't afraid to do anything. Uh, we had a a group earlier talked about the fact that, Rick, we heard that you went through a wall diving for a ball. Yes, I did. You got knocked unconscious. That was a stupid move, too, by the way. 
<laughs> the wall, the wall won, and I broke through the wall, but the wall did win. I lost. Yeah. I caught the ball. He caught the ball. Hey, I was just about to ask that. Then you won. I'll, then if you if you caught the ball, yeah, you hey, won. I caught it. <laughs> the umpire said he's out. Now get a paramedic. Is in my glove. Is in my glove when I was knocked out. <laughs> There's That's a scene funny. like that. There's a scene like that in the movie taken from that moment. Okay. That's cool. That, that's that's a crazy story. Like it's funny right. you say that because like I just remember, you know, playing high school ball and semi-pro. And like I remember a few times where I ran into a wall, right? And it's like, damn, was that really worth it? Like I caught the ball, but damn, this hurts. <laughs> no, no, it's you know, you could do like Bo Jackson, climb it with your feet. Yeah, yeah. yeah. But but he only could do that because he had a pad there to do it with. A right. Padded wall. You can't like do that, that on a on a just flyboard. Yeah, no, down in Louisiana where I grew up at, um, you know, a lot of outfield fences were hurricane fences, so it's a little harder to kind of climb those. Oh yeah. <laughs> that hurts. Yeah, it's a it's a little different. But um and then just to the second part of the question, did, are there any players um, in today's game that are currently playing that you you like their game, you like the way they carry themselves? You know, I'm I'm really shocked. Uh, the other night when I went to the Angels game and threw out the first pitch of the Otani because uh, when they say the word freak, this is a, a kind of a freakish deal for a man to be where he is uh, with this much talent, it's unheard of. But I can see it. I can see it very well. I mean, if you had, if, if, if I was 12 years old and Otani was 12 years old, I will promise you he would have been no better than me. Because I was a pitcher too. And I also did have, we talked about this earlier, but he would have been no better than me at 12. But I had one game in Little League, in Little League um, playoffs, I struck out 21 in a row, straight batters. And then I only did that. I also hit two home runs out of the park that night, and we won the game two to nothing. So a perfect game and a two-home run game? Did I hear that right? Wow. <laughs> kind of a kind of interesting up. thing is just um like I said, if I went back to the day of Otani, I can see it. I can see mm-hmm. him coming up and be able to do both. Because I was also people don't know this, I was a golden glove winner as well in the state of Texas. They don't know that. It's mm-hmm. never brought up that my glove was a I had a good glove too. And I also had a cannon arm. Yeah, and you could argue that's like a a forgotten part about the game, right? Is the defense, right? Like, you know, it is you, people don't care about gold gloves and platinum gloves anymore. It's just like, nope. can you hit and, you know, yep. are you, can, you, can you knock it out of the park? They want to see home runs. Right. Yeah. No, that, that's a, that's a great point. Yeah. Um. So Jeff, I'm a pivot to you. Cause you said something earlier and I can't let you get away with it. Uh-oh. Without explaining it. Uh-oh. You said it took 17 years to make this movie. You got to walk us through the trials and tribulations that went with that because there's some relationships that don't last 17 years. And here you are and I lost almost two decades to, to make a movie. Like, t- talk to us about 
some of these like you know pitfalls and all this stuff that you went through buddy it's like it was it was brutal i mean everybody that probably sees this movie in the theater right now just i've had people go i remember when i was eight and i was your i was in your class and you were my teacher i taught acting to kids for like 20 years and now this movie's getting made and now they're like 20 some years old like it's crazy um I just, when I told you, when I read this script, I can't, I wish I could explain it, but it's almost unexplainable. It just got inside me and I just felt it and I never wanted to let it go because I didn't think I'd ever find a script like it again. And believe me, I read a lot of scripts, but something about this story, which is what people are talking about now, we got 97% audience rating on Fandango. Yes, I was going to bring that up. So yeah, yeah, yeah. And Sound of Freedom's got 99%. We're 2% under there. And they have so much more money than us and so much more push. And we need help right now. We don't need help because of the movie. We need help because of the clutter out there to get through all the Barbies and the Gran Turismos and all this stuff. And it's working. I mean, people are like, like Ricky had a text today. Some lady went and saw the movie and then she thought it was so amazing. She took her whole block to the movie. <laughs> I had a guy write me an email. I sent it to everybody on our team, like 25 people. This guy wrote me the most passionate email you'll ever read. I'll even send it to you. It was three pages long. Turns out his dad was like the, the lover of baseball. And he would go to play baseball all the time, and he wanted to be pro. And one day a pitch came, like an 85, 90-mile-an-hour fastball, and it hit him in the forehead right here between the eyes and blinded him for life. That was his dad. And his dad was going to give up his life. He tried to kill himself. And all his dream was to meet Mickey Mantle. Well, this whole team came together that he that he played with, and they got Mickey Mantle to come hang out with him. And Mickey Mantle fell in love with him as a person and convinced him to go on with his life. They became best friends because he sent me pictures of him and Mickey Mantle hanging out. Wow. And this story resonated with this guy, this guy's son, so much. That he said this movie just ripped him apart. He said this, this was so powerful, this movie, so well done. Everybody in the world's got to see it. And he started writing all this stuff to me, a uh, very literate guy, not, not stuff you read and you go, this is some crazy bird. This guy's really together. And he said his dad went on to be an announcer for baseball like Joe Buck. And the whole story of what this guy went through and how these people just pulled him out of the trenches and held him up on their shoulders and, and revered him made me cry when I read it, you know, and I go, man, this is the most powerful thing I've ever read. I did this to somebody like they watched my film. And then I realized, wait a minute, this is why I make this movie. This is how I got involved from day one. And I never could give up. I can't explain it. It's like I taught kids acting all the way through this, you know, so I had a job, but I only did it two days a week. It wasn't a lot of money I made. I made enough money to pay my rent and go to dinner once in a while and pay my bills. But that was it. I couldn't do much more. And I never wanted to give up. And people were like, Jeff, you got to move on, man. It's over. Like, you're not going to get this movie made. It's, it's year number 10. Well, right. seven years after that, I finally get it made. And Dennis was one of the people that hung on for me. After that first thing fell apart six, seven years ago, seven years ago, he said, I'm on for life. This is one of the most beautiful stories I've ever read. Just when you get the money, call my agent and find out my schedule and I'm on. And that's how it happened. Matter of fact, when I got the money, we called Dennis's agent and he said, no, he's booked till next year, the end of next year, a year and a half from there. 
I was like, well, this guy's never going to give me the money then. He's going to take it away. He's not going to wait. And so we kept calling the agent. And one day the agent called us out of the blue and he goes, it was like, uh, it was like September 1st. And he said, could you guys make this movie before this Christmas? We were like, yeah, we'll figure it out. <laughs> and boom, we were in, we just like my partner and I, Warren, we just said, we're making this movie. And we, we jumped into pre-production and started casting and that's how it all happened. That's, that's amazing. I mean, so, many people the, tried, so many people try to take the movie away from me. To, want a bigger director, want to take it to a studio. One guy, I've never told this story. I thought about it today and Ricky knows who it is. I don't want to mention his name because I'm a nice guy, but I'm a, I forgave him. But some guy tried to talk Ricky out of hiring me. And I don't think he, I don't think he bad rapped me, but he just like, he said he was the director for this movie and he went <laughs> behind our backs and filmed the opening of the movie with the little boy hitting the rocks by the church. He filmed it like he was filming our movie. Like, you can't take our script and go film a scene and then send it to Ricky to convince him. Well, it was a good thing he did because it even validated more that I was the guy because the thing was a piece of garbage that he did. It was really bad. And I showed Ricky how, but I didn't have to show Ricky. He watched it and was like, what in the heck is this? <laughs> and um, and uh, that was the end of that guy. But it was like um, just picking these people off left and right. You know, it was like... Um, what? It was like it was like an action movie where the guy's running through with like a, a an arm cannon. He's just shooting people as he goes, and he's still getting in the end. He wins the war. That was me, and that was Ricky. And we we realized that we were both parallel paths. Like I wasn't going to give up, no matter what, and he wasn't going to give up. So we just bonded, and that's we've stayed together all this time. We're still super close. Yeah, that's that's awesome. That's that's a great great way to describe it and just walk us through that that process hey, so if those stories if ricky's story didn't happen and that and god took his game away he would never have a story to tell so he's here for a reason if i didn't spend 17 years getting this movie made i'd just be another director saying yeah it's a cool movie i love it man i put my heart and soul on it and here we are it was the opposite you know i groveled for this movie literally but thanks this for hey this movie oh. was ordained before oh, yeah. i came out of my mother's womb there you go. He's ordained. Absolutely. God ordained this movie before. And we both have a lot of faith in it. So we're, we're, you know, we wanted to open with a huge number. We opened with a solid number based on our per screen average. And now the audiences are going to the movie and they're talking about it. And people are taking groups of people. Um, somebody in, I live in Florida. Somebody went to the screening in Jacksonville and to a, um, they just bought tickets. And they're friends of mine, and they were sitting in the theater. They said all these people were sitting in the theater. They came in like 35 people, and they saw the, they're all kids. And they had a couple of bad uniforms on. And, they, and then after the movie, everybody stood up and cheered and went, yeah, I love this movie. <laughs> and they walked out of the theater, and they said, who are you people? <laughs> and this old, older man stepped up. He said, I'm their coach. It's a Little League team. I brought the whole team. That's great. The whole team. I mean, it was awesome. So it's it's working, you know, and, and we're at, our faith is so strong that we know in a few weeks it's going to start showing scary stuff like Sound of Freedom did and that kind of thing. That's what we feel. You are now listening to the radio show. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Welcome back to the radio show. There is only one radio show and this is it. 
You're listening to the radio show ATL on YouTube and all other podcast providers. Absolutely. Uh, 16, if you don't mind, I'm going to pivot back to Rick real quick. Yes. So, so Ricky, it sounds like you've been going on this like world baseball tour here. So I got to ask you, so far, what has been your favorite venue um, that you've visited so far? Which uh, which ballpark has really stood out to you so far? Well, you know, um, I hadn't traveled outside a lot of them a lot. I'm getting getting ready to go to Dodger Stadium. I'm throwing out the first pitch there too as well. But um, geez, man, you're doing some warm ups every day. Just you know, you know. Let awesome. me tell you, you're not gonna believe this. I know. He has been to... practicing, man. He's nervous. Hey, to... yeah, you gotta make sure that arm right, man. I clocked it. We got it clocked the other day. I threw it 86. At my age, there you go. Yeah, I mean, I would like to be able to say that Rick, one day Rick, I could throw eight, my eighty-six age. or eight plus six, fourteen. That would be eighty-six miles an hour. <laughs> yeah, I take baseball very serious. <laughs> I know. Eighty-six mph, and I thought, you know what? And this is how I think. I can't help it. I'm like Jeff is in the movie industry. I can't help it. But this is how I think, and this is how I feel. I really still believe I could go out and play today. That's I, how I, I think any former player, like even myself, right? I'm like, you know, I could go back out there, do a week of bullpens, and just get my long toss, get my arm back right, and I feel like I could go right back out wait, there. Wait a second, bro. Did I think every com- former player is did like you that. just compare yourself playing on the weekend to an actual baseball player? Did that just happen just now? No, yeah, I, I'm, it, it, I'm talking baseball player to baseball player. I, the, yeah. the knows I did not get as far as Well, I'll tell, you, I'll tell you a cool story. What Ricky <laughs> said when he went through that pitch out at the Rangers game, He said they said, how would you feel when he did that, Rick? And he goes, I just wanted to play so bad. I didn't care I just, about anything I just, else. I just wanted to get up to bat. I don't. I didn't even want to throw the ball. I wanted them to throw it to me. You know, I really, honestly, I did. I was wondering if there was a possibility of one day that happening. Let them throw. <laughs> let the pitcher throw it in there. Um, I did. I did do this. It, this happened now uh, 15 years ago. 15 years ago, uh, with Bannister when he was managing the Rangers. I bet him that I, I I was 50, I forgot, 52, I guess. And uh, he bet me $500 that I, with with uh, 25 pitches that I couldn't hit, hit one even to the warning track. And I said, I'll take that bet and I'll double it 500 more says I can take it out of the park. And I took it out of the park, my third pitch at 52 years old. Wow. Was he pitching to you or did he have? No, he had a a guy pitching to me. Yep, I took my third pitch out. And I hadn't swung in a good while. But, you know, now that I'm getting older, you know, things fade. Things fade, things change. But Jeff will tell you I'm still strong. I still arm wrestle today and I – He's a bull, man. Well, you know. Well, yeah. You you don't have to vouch of you being nah. strong because if you can just casually throw eighty six without uh, a warm up or anything, you 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 got it. <laughs> you got it. Trust me. Well, I tell you, you know, I'm really um, I'm very thankful uh, in a lot of ways because other ways I was healthy, but I also have 
a 14 inch rod in my spine. I have nine screws in my spine and uh, six cages holding me together, my whole back, my whole spinal area. And I had this big 13 hour surgery that gave me life again because people don't don't even know this, but uh, when I went out spring training when I was 24, that's when it was over. I dove head first in the second base in the Mexican league and I didn't get up. My legs were gone. My body was finished. I was paralyzed with no legs and I, I couldn't get out. And it took me about a year to get my legs back, but it took a, it was a big battle and surgeries after surgery after surgery. And then finally um, had this big surgery that a new, new technology came in and now I can, I can play golf today. I mean, anything with a stick and a ball, Ricky's spot on. Say, he's probably competitive with that too, as well, because like you can see the fire. Like, as can you see that man? Like, Ricky's still got I that fire. I can see yeah. it. Like, I am. I am competitive with it. I can't stand to lose. Yeah, like, and that, and that's what I was referring to, because clearly, you know, like I said, I, the highest I got was semi-pro, not even close to the majors or college. But you know, you that just that competitive spirit just never leaves. And my second question was going to be. Did you like pitching or hitting more? But it sounds like you enjoyed the hitting aspect way more. Well, I did because I hit the ball so far. People don't know, I, but I've hit a lot of 500-foot shots, a lot. And I'm not – I wasn't small either. I weighed, two, I weighed 239 pounds, and I was 6'2". Yeah. So I wasn't small, but I was built very large like my mama. She's one of those women just, you know what I'm talking about, a solid woman. Yeah. I was built like my mama. And uh, and I hit I hit the ball like my mama, too. <laughs> That's good stuff. I love it. 16, I just want to get back to you. I appreciate it. All right. So uh, I wanted to pivot in asking um, Jeff a question here. And I guess my question leads into something that you were talking about, about how this script, like, it, you know, it touched you and everything. And I wanted to ask you about how, the climate of today's society. Does something like this make you want to make more inspirational movies? Like we know that Ricky's story is a true story, but does a film like this signal a change where less into the negative and get in into more of the feel good type of stories and movies? Man, 16, you hit the nail on the head, man. I'm not doing anything else other than these kind of movies. I read a couple scripts recently that I fell in love with. I don't have the same passion for those that I have for this. I'm already on another movie. We were in pre-production almost. Um, I scouted Utah, Georgia, and, and, um, and Nashville. We're shooting in all three states. Um, we were ready to make offers, and then uh, the strike came and killed me. So um, I um, – anyway, yeah. So we were scouting locations for this new movie. It's a pretty inspirational music movie about a kid who uh, – his father and he have an argument, and he leaves the, the revival church. He starts playing with, like, a tent, you know, traveling tent thing. And he goes to Nashville to live his dream uh, all high and mighty, but he realizes that life is much darker on the other side and loses everything. And then he has to climb his way back up. He meets this girl who's a singer and she changes life, very much like A Star is Born. That's my next movie, but it's super inspirational. And it's a beautiful story, not a true story, but I, I really just want to do true stories after that because they have some, they're just really amazing when you get into the truth of the story and you can be honest to it that's the that's exciting for me when you can 
not do it in a Hollywood way. You do it in an honest way, but it still is a great movie. So, yeah, today is an ugly place we're in, man. It's upside down world. Um, this movie is so right on timing wise. 16, you just nailed it. I mean, people want this. So they're craving it. They're tired of all the darkness and the violence and the blood and the gore and the anger and the crime. They're just tired of it. And so this is giving people hope. And I want to do movies. That's all I want to do is movies like this. I don't want to do movies that don't have that effect on people anymore. I mean, I mean, you make a really cool, slick action movie. People go, that was cool. Well, that's awesome. You know, I used to do that. But what this movie's doing to me and what it gives me a reason to want to be a filmmaker again. You know, nice. So it, it gave you that that sort of feeling like I know a lot of times when people work in the arts it's sometimes it's less about, I guess, substance of what people are telling you to do and more about feeling. And it seems like what you're doing here, Jeff, is that you're saying, look, I've done that. There was those other projects before, but now I'm going with feeling what makes me feel good. That's what I'm putting out there. And hopefully yeah. that'll come back from other people when they see what, you know, the work that you're doing. So I, I could appreciate that because we okay. need some positivity out there. Yeah, that's what it's all about, man. I, I, I just want to be positive. I just want to I, I just want to make movies like this. I mean, I'm so glad it's coming out now. It's 17 years. was it, There was a reason this might not have worked, you know, late early on when people wanted all those movies. I mean, right now they're talking to me about the movies coming out this weekend. And I looked them up and there are a lot of horror movies. There's like four or five of them. Uh, that's cool. I've seen some good horror movies in my life. I'm not anti that. I don't want to make them, though. You know, I did do a psychological thriller just in England last November. It's getting finished now. And that was an experiment for me to make a really scary movie that wasn't horror. It was a psychological thriller like an Alfred Hitchcock, where you're on the edge of your seat and you're scared, but there's no gore or blood or anything. It's more of a psychological thriller in the girl's mind. And that was an experiment for me because I've always wanted to do a movie like that. But from now on, my movies are going to be like this, inspirational stories. No, it's, it's, it's good to hear. Like like we spoke about, there's uh, room for that because people need some of that. You need a little feel good when, you know, things are happening. You you need that in your life. And, you know, and pivoting with what Jeff was saying. So, Ricky, with you, <clears throat> with this movie being out now and Jeff spoke of some of the feedback and everything. What is some of the feedback that you've gotten about your story from uh, from people? Like it gives you a feeling like not only did it inspire, you know, inspire people but maybe push them to do things that they felt they had a limit on like you know i don't know if i can do this but ricky did this and he had this issue with his legs and his spine and he did it so why can't i do it yeah exactly you know um that's kind of you just kind of said the right words because that's how i feel that that i think that the people will get out of this is the fact that that uh at that particular time even though I was had my legs all jacked up, you know, I knew I'd get out of it eventually. And when that time came, uh, you know, I was like uh, what they say, Stony Burke at a gate number eight. Stony Burke was a bull rider. But anyway, I was ready to go at eight years old. When I took my braces off at eight years old, once you see the movie, uh, I was ready to fire right then. I picked up my first ball bat, actually, started hitting my with the first ball bat because I didn't have one. Too poor to have a bat. Just had a stick and a rock. And you'll see, you'll see in the movie. And uh, 
I think you'll enjoy that part. I know he will, without a doubt. Um, but saying that, I, I, um, I got the fact that you know that that keep people keep saying never quit. Well, I, you know, I kind of feel like they don't even have the word quit in your mind. Just keep that out of your mind, period, and and go with it. And uh, and like Jeff here. This guy never quit. That's why we worked so good together, and that's why today he and I are such, like 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 I said earlier, a marriage. We're like a marriage because we didn't quit, neither one of us. I didn't quit in while I was playing. I had no earthly idea that this movie would ever happen. I never even dreamed of it. Um, I didn't know my brother was going to write a small little story and the next thing you know, a guy takes it to Hollywood and they, they call me wanting to do a movie about it in the 70s. I had no earthly idea. Are you guys, you fans, guys, are you guys fans of Rudy and Hoosiers? Oh, wait. You're muted, ass. Only in my wildest dreams would he be muted. <laughs> Why you mute, you mute me, man? No, no, go for it. Go ahead. Oh, uh, that was going to be my question was that, like, do you feel like your movie is kind of like the baseball Rudy or like, I, I don't know how you feel about comparisons in that. We know the same, the same guy wrote it, right? Had no idea. Yeah. Same so guy. I guess you don't mind that comparison. In the Angelo Pizzo, who wrote Rudy and Hoosiers, wrote this. Man, I that's some. Him. I found him because I'm like, Ricky, I don't want to win. I want to win. So I had to find the best writer and a friend of mine knew him by sheer coincidence he said to me who what writer do you want above all writers for this movie because we had a script but it wasn't it wasn't ready and i said i want a big a-list writer like the guy who wrote rudy and hoosiers but that's never going to happen hmm. well i happen to be one of his best friends and he owes me a favor because it's a big producer friend of mine and that's how angelo got on board and i talked to angelo a lot the last week and he said do you know that when rudy came out the critics panned it they hated it. it. They hated it worse than your movie. They hated it, you know? And the <sighs> audience was like it's only 70, 80%. You're at 97%. You are have a critic proof movie, meaning no matter what they say, people are loving this film. People, yeah. The haters don't win anymore, man. They don't win. Um, and, you know, I love that. You know, I, I didn't make a movie for the critics, I made a movie for the people. And I also didn't make a movie there. They kind of criticize it and say that I was lightweight in the story of Ricky's life. And I didn't show the pain of what he really went through. Well, it is painful in that movie. That's why you cry. But I didn't want to show a guy laying on his back being beaten with a club, which is what they were kind of talking about. They wanted this dark drama of this guy going through this struggle, you know, and families wouldn't like that. Families can't watch that. I wanted a movie that, was like Sea Biscuit. It was tough, and the horse went through. I don't know if you ever saw that film, but that's one of my my idol my uh, templates for this film. That horse went through hell to get to where it wanted to go. It wanted to race. That's all it wanted to do. And you love all the characters in the movie. You love the movie, and, when, and, and you don't. And you watch the horse almost die, but it's not like bleeding out of its nose and lying there and screaming in pain. You know, like a horse would bellow out this anguish. 
That's what they write in the articles. They want me to have made that movie. And you know, if they sat right in front of me, what I'd say to them, you're absolutely right. That is not the movie I made. And I made that on purpose, that choice. I wanted this to be a feel-good inspirational story about a guy whose will was unbreakable. That was it. And I wanted every family to go there and feel it and relate to it and come out and be like, hi. I mean, people ask me what I want out of this movie. If you guys ask me that question, I'm going to tell you right now. I want people high, high, high when they come out of that movie. That's why I did the ending very short. A lot of movies carry the ending on, and there's four endings to a movie. And by the time they get to the fourth one, you're bored. Or you're like, that was a good movie. Well, this movie, when you're at your height of emotion, it's over. And you walk out like, you know? And so that's what I chose to do. Anyway. So how does it feel to, like, make the movie the way you want it to and go against the trend, right? Like go against what's cool and what everybody's raving about. Like, I didn't think that... about that. This movie never was written like that. So that was easy. That was never a choice. I just wanted to do a movie that, you know, got you back to the seventies and eighties when the movies were great stories. I'm a storyteller. This right. was a great story. I didn't want to butcher it by making it some Hollywood drama that would, you know, that would get in people's, people's minds in a dark way that's not what i wanted to do that that was easy i also had a financier who came aboard out of nowhere and said i'll fund the whole movie and i'll do it in a day and he did the, the money came in the account the next day it was crazy and so i wanted to make that movie and he never wanted to stop me he said i'm never going to get in your way i'm not going to come to set i might visit but i'm not going to stop you you're the filmmaker you have this in your heart and soul go make the movie you want and Warren and I never had one single person in our way, ever. Nobody said, you think you should do that? You shouldn't do this. You should do that this way. I got to make the movie I wanted, which is a dream come true. And I think that was part of why the movie, you remember the movie 48 Hours? Yeah. Well, the writer's a really good friend of mine. And I said, man, did anybody know that movie's going to be such a big hit? And he said, you know, it's funny. The studio hated us. They didn't like the movie. They said, it's a little movie, 15 million. You guys go make the movie. We got big movies we're working on and we're too busy with those. So you don't get, don't call us for problems and just make the movie you want. Just get it over with. That's how they treated them. Hardly any notes. The studios give you like 20 notes every day for what they want. In, in, in 48 hours, they gave them hardly any notes because they didn't care about it. So the director got to make the movie Walter Hill that he wanted. And Eddie Murphy got to have a career because of that movie. And that movie came out and blew all their other movies out of the water. <laughs> so that's a, that's a, that's a, if that's not, you know, following your spirit, I don't know what is, you know? I love yeah. hearing the, the, the story and the, the passion behind, you know, the way you guys talk about the, the project and the story and everything. You could, you could see it, you know, and you could, you could feel it and everything. Now, as I know, I have um, one uh, other question here for Ricky and then, we got a little game that we get into with our guests too here. Um, I had uh, one more as well. Yeah, you go for it. Go you for are it. now listening to the radio show. I, I guess I'll go next while we wait on him. This is kind of, this is like low key motivational. So y'all just stay with me, okay? Okay. Y'all ever had somebody that like wanted you to fail? Like just didn't want to see you be successful? Mm. And then you kept grinding and kept grinding and doing what you had to do. And then you made it where you wanted to go. 
And you kind of just got to turn around and kind of show off like, hey, I did this. You doubted me. You know what I'm saying? Well, that happened to me. You know, I had a struggling fantasy football team. You know what I'm saying? Oh, I, God, I thought this was real life. <laughs> this is real and, life. I'm sorry. I apologize. But continue. You're listening to the radio show ATL on YouTube and all other podcast providers. So, Ricky, just real quick. Um, you said your brother wrote the story and sent it off and just kind of were you like surprised when like folks called you and was like, Hey, we want to, no, he didn't send it off. A man at my church took it off. <laughs> yeah. We just let him read it. That was all we let him read or he let him read the story. Well, little did we know he, he had friends in Hollywood. We had no earthly idea that he had all that. And he took this, 56 page story that my brother wrote just for our family only just for our family. And that story touched them. Some people out in Hollywood. I can't remember the people then cause that was in the seventies, but that's when it originated. It actually started then even before while I was still playing and what it was, it was about how a, a person could overcome the beginning and then the stunt that I pulled off in the end to sign a major league contract. And that's what it was about. And so they had started calling back then, but my, my parents both became ill at the same time. And I canceled that out. And I, I didn't want to, I didn't want to deal with it. And I lost my father. He died. And then my mother was, was a big with big brain tumor as well at the same time. And it was, it was just not the time. And so I kept it and I wouldn't let it go because I didn't finally one day I let it go. And then I wound up and that's when I realized this, this was, I was meant to do this. I was meant, this movie was meant to be. Jeff Celentano was meant to be doing this movie. And I strongly feel that way. I know it was. God tells me it is every day. That's right. And you can't go wrong when you're talking with him. I agree with what so, you're saying, Ricky, with that. Because I'm a firm believer that every step, everything that you do is predestined. It's part of everything. There aren't any mistakes. Every part of it leads up to what your story is. It's all intertwined. And everyone, every part of it is plotted for a reason. So I'm a firm believer in it what is. you're saying. Thank you. Thank you. I'm glad we've, we're on, we're on the same page. Here. Absolutely. Yeah, and for sure. That, you know, speaking things into existence, you know, putting that into yeah. the universe that I'm if big. You, if you build it, if you build it, they will come. Yep. You are now listening to the radio show. So uh, we play this game on our regular show. It's called uh, One Gotta Go. So you have all kinds of different categories. It might be food. It might be beverages, whatever, right? And we put like four, five, six options out there. And then we basically, you know, th run, throw it to the cast and say, hey, which one's got to go? And you just kind of talk through, hey, this has to go. I don't like this because of that. Or I love this. It's got to stay. You know, we just have this whole banter about it, right? Is Budweiser so, in there at all? Say that again. 
Is Budweiser in that group at all? Um, oh no, we, didn't do, <laughs> beer we, didn't, we haven't done beers yet. Yeah, Bud Light. Yeah, or or but yeah, like we haven't done a beer one yet. So that's a good good idea. That's a good one because we have not done a beer one yet. So we're gonna have to mark that so you'll one down. Get Bud Light. You'll get Bud Light everywhere. I'll tell you that. <laughs> okay. Um, but since you guys are on, I have made a baseball player one gotta go. So okay. I have a I have a hitter one and I have a pitcher one. So whichever one you guys want to do. See, I'm not a big I'm not a big sports guy, so you're gonna get me good on that. I'm gonna probably tell you this guy's gotta go and you're gonna go, he's like he's an number one player right now. Yeah. <laughs> but right. it's uh this is kind of like past players. So um uh, Ricky, do you want to do pitchers or do you want to do uh hitters? It doesn't matter. You can do both. Okay. Well, we'll do the pitchers first. So we have uh, four choices. One has to go. Uh, we have uh, the big unit, Randy Johnson. Uh, we have Roger Clemens. Uh, we have Tom Glavin. And then we have Greg Maddox. So I'll let you go first, Ricky. Uh, you got Randy Johnson, Roger Clemens, Tom Glavin, and Greg Maddox. Which one's got to go for you? Uh, Roger Clemens got to go. Okay. And why is that? Uh, steroids. Okay. okay. So if we if we took steroids out of it, would would Roger Clemens still have to go for you? No, he would not. Okay. So he's from Texas. Uh, you know. Right. I, I love it. All right. So uh, without the steroids, which one has to go? Uh, I would let Glavin go. Okay. And why is that? Um. Glavin. Hey. I got a little taste of Glavin myself. Uh, his 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 slider that he had, I mean, that's what made him. It's what made Glavin. But his slider that he had, uh, you can't, you couldn't touch the unit. You couldn't touch Randy Johnson. Nobody could ever let Randy Johnson go, uh, or Clemens go either. So you gave me those four. The only one I have left to go would be him. I would I'd take him last, and so. Uh, he just to me he didn't have the movement on the ball that the rest of the guys did. Yeah, I tried to I tried to pick two, you know, flamethrowers and then like two finesse guys because I feel like Glavin and yep. Maddox kind of fit in that finesse. Um, Jeff, are you familiar with those guys? You, you yeah. Got, okay. Yeah. I know yeah. I know a few of them. I know a few of them. I would have <laughs> picked the guy. I would have picked the guy with the least known name. Oh, okay. <laughs> So in this case, it probably would have been Tom Glavin. So. That, that was it. That was it. <laughs> uh, sixteen. How, how do you feel about this? This this is like prime time. Sixteen watching baseball here. You're on mute. I'm I'm so passionate about it. I muted myself. Um, <laughs> so the person that would have to go on this one for me because it's definitely not Maddox. You know, I was I was insane about Maddox. Him and that control. Um. Man, it's probably gonna be Tom Glavin in that aspect, man. Um, yeah, because I don't. Clemens was a power pitcher; he'd overpower you. Randy Johnson was a power pitcher; he overpower you. And and Greg Maddox's control is is bar none. So it would be based on that. It would be Glavin. Not that he was a slouch, but he'd be the one that had to go on my list for that one. Yeah, so I I think it'd be a clean sweep because I w- I would say Glavin too. Um, but they're all great pitchers. I mean, they're all in the Hall of Fame except for Clemens. So. I'll move real quickly to the hitters. We got four hitters. Um, so we got uh, Alex Rodriguez, uh, the kid, 
Ken Griffey Jr., uh, Albert Pujols, and Barry Bonds. Albert so, Pujols. Okay, Pujols. Not, don't like the Cardinals or just uh, – Just don't, don't know that name. There you go. All right. <laughs> so, so Jeff, <laughs> Ricky, Ricky, what are your thoughts on the four? We got A-Rod, uh, the kid, Ken Griffey Jr., Albert Pujols, and Barry Bonds. Now, two of them got steroids, so I got you there. I know. I know. That's a real, that's, I'm going to have to go this answer without steroids because, I mean, with – yeah, with eat with or without, I can, I'm only going to be able to give you one answer. Um the one, the only one person that I would want definitely gone is Barry Bonds. Oh, so why is that? I would want him gone ten times. Wow. Oh wow. Do Do you want to elaborate on that? I'd love to hear your answer. Yeah, I do. Guys, nice. this is a bad game because now Barry's gonna not go to our movies. Not gonna bring people. No, 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 not at all. Uh, I, I'd la- I'd love to elaborate on, on it because I'm he- talking about these other players. Well, listen, uh, hold on before you-, you go, Rick. Guys, I'm so sorry. I, I do have to jump. Um, I-, oh, I need to okay. leave early because you guys are awesome, but I just got this other thing I promised somebody I'd do. No, no problem, Jeff. Thank you so much for the time. We're going to just uh, finish up with Ricky here, but uh, we'd definitely love to um, have further conversation with you in, you know, in the future if you have time. Done. Done. I'd Absolutely, love to, man. man. You guys are awesome. And I love the views back there. I know you said you're in Florida, but that looks like Cali or something, man. Well, I'm great. in California right now. Yeah, it looks beautiful like out there, man. I'm in, San, I'm in San Clemente, California for a few weeks. Nice. Yeah, my, nice. my, my, my wife's dad just passed away. We had to come out here to oh, deal oh, with that. Not to be, nice. Yeah, I wanted to be here. Yeah, he was 92, though. It was kind of – he's in a better place for sure. Absolutely. But um, we had to come for that. And then a lot of friends are here. They wanted to share the movie with me on the opening weekend. And, you know, we're visiting my brother. It's it's, it's an awesome time, man. All right. Your bro- you didn't visit your brother. I'm sitting right here. You're my <laughs> other brother. I got two brothers. Okay. You're number one well, you always, Rick. One. You're always number one. There you go. Okay. I love the banter. Sure. All right, you guys. Yeah, okay. Thanks, Jeff. Thanks, Jeff. I, I, will, uh, I will love to see this podcast soon. And, um, yeah, everything you guys can do to push this movie for us, we need it. No, ab- absolutely. And like I said, you know, uh, when you we, have more. We need Atlanta going. We need We need the Braves going to see this movie because uh, uh, Schmoltz is in it, and they 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 should be sit going and dedicating themselves to this movie because John Schmoltz is in this movie. There you yeah. go. Announcing he's the announcer for this uh, movie. Schmoltz is right. in the movie. Yeah. All right, Jeff. Thanks again. Let's like I said, let's have further conversation when you have some other time. You got it, guys. Done deal. Anytime. Okay. Corby will get a hold of you and we'll do it. Thanks. Looking right, forward guys. to it. Appreciate Thanks. it. Yeah. Pleasure. Yeah. Right. All right. So, um, Ooh, yeah, Ricky, where uh, you were, uh, you were about to elaborate on Barry Bonds and why he would be <laughs> the one that's got to go. <laughs> I know. I know. It's kind of funny because the only reason I say that is just because I watched it, most of his home runs at the very end the last 100 home runs right in that area. A lot of them barely even cleared the fence. A lot of them he even poked his bat out. He was so big, his head grew an inch and a quarter. Uh, but he was so big from going from small, it, had he just left himself alone, he still would have had, you know, a great, a great, uh, a totally great career. Anyway, his career was great. Yes, 
because you still have to put that bat on a ball that's moving so hard. But the thing is, is a lot of balls that went out of the park would not have went out of the park. Mm. That's what I'm saying. Gotcha. They would not have been out of the park. The the home run that he hit that broke the that broke the the record. I think it cleared it by a foot. Yeah, it, it, it was, was only yeah, like, it it was short. It definitely was like it was like 300 feet. Yeah, one of those like depending on the ballpark. <laughs> it could have been yeah, out depending on the park exactly. Out. Like yeah. Yankee Stadium back in the in the 20s, you know, uh, that kind of deal. So, I definitely would eliminate him for sure. Not that I don't like him or anything cuz you know, if you want to choose to use steroids, I'm a man. I'm a ball player. I've talked to all my ball player friends today. We never even heard of the word steroids when we played. Mm-hmm. Never even thought about it. Yeah. By the way, I want to throw one out to you guys. Probably didn't know when we all played. We could. They wouldn't even let us lift a weight. Mm. Really? Probably didn't know that. Did no, you? that's 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 crazy. Nope. No weight rooms. No weights. They didn't want us getting any any muscle tight. Nothing. Wow. That's interesting because sports today. Yeah, you kind of either had it or you didn't. (laughs) Yeah, I was going to say sports today, if you don't have like a personal gym, you know. Yeah. You'd be crazy. On on his choice, though, is Ricky didn't hesitate. He decisively knew who had to get up out of that list. Yeah, and it's it's funny, right? Because, like, you know, I came up when Barry Bonds was, like, at the height of his power. So it's like for me it was like, you know, a left – Left-handed guy, left-handed bat. Like I'm, I'm trying to be very violent, you know. But Ricky is correct <laughs> though, because if if you just take his career in Pittsburgh, and if his career stopped right then, he was a Hall of Famer before oh, yeah, he even went to sure. before he even went to the Giants. He he was a Hall of Famer before he even right. went. If he would have left that, if he would have left the Roids alone, he was either way. But he'll never be a Hall of Famer today. Oh yeah, for sure. He'll never get. Yeah, that. same thing with Clemens. Yeah, like just yeah, just it's not happening. I'm still. I'm still I'm still a member of the association, and it ain't going to happen. Nah. I'm voting no. Pete, Pete Rose will get in before he gets in. He'll never get in either. <laughs> See, when you walk the into 16, a- I know you had stepped away for a second. Uh, the rest, the, the list was A-Rod, King Griffey Jr., Pujols, and Barry Bonds. Man, that is rough because that's like a who's who of players on there. But who I would take off is A-Rod, and it's not that – you know, he's not he wasn't a great player. I know he had the steroid issue and he was suspended for I think he had the longest suspension for steroids that there ever was. I think it was it a whole season, I believe. And pretty much. Yeah. But when I put him up against the caliber of those guys, when you look at Pool Hall's where it was like 15, 16 years of good consistency, you know, Bonds' OPS when he was like 42 or something that was out of this world. All the other guys, I was like, Yeah, A-Rod was the one that didn't stack up. And I I think he did. He win the world. I think he won one World Series. I think he got yeah. one in New York. Yeah, oh, I but, think he won two because it's like it was when the Yankees kind of went. It was like 09 and another one, I believe. Yeah, I think I think he might have been on the 019 that got it. Maybe I can't I can't really recall. But it would have been it would have been a ride for me. And again, not that he wasn't a great player. It's just I don't know if I would ever put him in the echelon of the other ones that you that you put in there. Well, the you know he's a titan of the game, but he'd be the one I choose. You know, yeah, I think I think A Rod would probably go for me as well, just because I think between him and Ken Griffey, like coming up, I think my generation probably looked up to those two the most. Between Ken it's Griffey and, and it's crazy, they were on the same team for a long time and they never were able to win anything, and they were together yeah. for a long time. 
But just yeah. like, you know, A-Rod just, you know, he, you know, he was the shortstop. He made all this money. He was so young and, you know, like. Yeah, he, he played with Texas. He got a $25 million deal right out of the gate. Uh, uh, that that put Texas in a, a financial funk. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I bet. Yeah, they couldn't they couldn't get rid of him. Nobody they couldn't even get five million for him. I think to get rid of him, get rid of the contract. But uh, uh, it was a it's a good good list. Easy, you know. Usually we do these. Um, well, not usually we do them every week. It just depends on the category. We decided to do baseball because we're with. You know, great baseball player Ricky Hill, but you know we might have to do that one that Jeff suggested and do do beers one time, bro. That's one we hadn't done yet. Yeah, we, you we know you're right. Gone. Yeah, we you're haven't right. gone you're... into the alcohol room yet. I think it's about time. Yeah, you should. You should do that. All right, we might have to have Ricky back on for that one and do the uh, the, the beer yeah, yeah. one. But we got we to let Ricky give his uh, his two. You are now listening to the radio show. sense on that one <laughs> but, but ricky i want to just say that this was a uh you know a fantastic conversation um it's the, the the best conversations are the ones where you got a lot of information but yet you feel like there's more to go as well and that's what i feel like here where we talked had a great chat but it felt like there's more as well so um we want to make sure that everybody supports your movie all right it's the hill that's in theaters everywhere all right Dennis Quaid is in the movie. Colin Ford, they're in. The, all right, they're in the movie. All right, so that's based on the incredible story of Ricky Hill, who overcame everything that he did. You know, he's hitting balls with. I mean, well, hitting rocks with sticks, and you know, honing his craft to make sure that he had the skills to be able to make it to where he made it to. All right, so go see the movie in your local theater. Visit thehillmovie.com for all the information about it. Ricky, you're an excellent guest. We're just appreciative of the time today. Man, I, I thank you, my man. I thank both of you guys. You guys are awesome. I appreciate your kindness, your willfulness, um, and I hope God blesses you and blesses your your business here and what you're doing. Thank okay, you. we appreciate that. Definitely okay. appreciate it. All right, and um, you know we wish you the best, um, not just with the movie, but in life. We wish you absolutely. The best. Hey, I'll pray for you guys every day. Thank you. That. Thank you so much. Okay, brother. All right, Ricky. Great talking to you guys. Yeah, you same too. here. Thank you for coming. You are now listening to the radio show. Gas company tried to hit me for five cents earlier this month. I mean, earlier this year, and I because I paid, I transposed the digits, and so my payment was five cents off. And they sent me that termination letter real quick. I was like, "You got to be kidding me!" Five cents. They was like, "Yes, we want all our coins, even the nickels." Damn. <laughs> they said we got a business to run. I had to pay another, I had to pay $375 to pay five cents. I was mad as hell. You know how many customers we got? We got over, we got over uh, 38 million customers. We let 38 million people get away with five cents each. You know how much money that is? I ain't doing that, man. You're listening to the radio show on YouTube and all other podcast providers. Aftermath, we just got done talking to Ricky Hill and Jeff Salentano about the movie The Hill based on Ricky Hill's amazing life and journey into playing baseball. I would ask you, what did you pick up from them? But this whole conversation was a learning experience. Yeah, no, it, it was a great, I mean, it was just a great time. I mean, they told us some stuff that we didn't even know. Um, so you guys are about to get, you guys got some great content, some great stories. 
Um, it was really great talking to them. I mean, it took them 17 years to get this movie done. Um, and the fact that it is where it is right now, it's just a great story. That's the, awesome. The movie's inspirational and how they made the movie's inspirational. You can't make it up. Yes, it's one of these things where the story within the story is almost as interesting as what they got across. Just the story about Jeff talking about how much it took to get it there. They got Dennis Quaid. It all seemed, there's no scene. It was meant to happen and that's why it's here now. So to get you the information on that, so the movie, The Hill, is in theaters right now, okay? It has Dennis Quaid in it. Dennis Quaid, that's a name you know. It's not like, well, who did they get in there? Uh, they got Dennis Quaid. So yeah, you should check it out. All right, so that's based on the story of Ricky Hill, all right? And if you don't know about Ricky, you should Google it. But don't just Google it, go see the movie, all right? So visit thehillmovie.com. You can get tickets from all the providers, Fandango. They're all out there. Make sure and go check out the movie. It's well worth your time. Ez and I are gonna be doing the same thing very soon as well, all right? So. Also, pivoting to that, um, as far as the radio show ATL, if you want to be a guest on the radio show ATL, just send us an email to radioshowinbox at gmail.com, or you can send us a text 678-800-1677. We look forward to hearing from you. So again, much love and thanks to Jeff and Ricky for coming on and telling us about their movie, The Hill. Please support it. It's, you know, giving an inspirational message at a time when we really you know need some uh, inspiration so easy man look it's always great doing these with you man i appreciate you know you hanging out with me too and um you know we just gonna keep dropping this heat all 2023 man so i appreciate you that's what we're gonna do bro appreciate it as always all right go see the hill all right check it out in theaters and we'll catch y'all next time looking to a locker room guys the first thing you see in that locker room in every locker room, absolutely, positively, no wagering or gambling on any games. That's what every locker room we walk into. Huge. Isn't that amazing? Yeah. yeah. Unless times have changed, and I don't, I don't think they've changed that much. Uh, but there's well, no gambling. NFL's definitely cracking down on it with the, uh, with all the yeah. apps and everything going on. So yeah, saying, I, don't, you know. I don't think that, that uh, quote. Is going away anytime soon. Yep. So what was the list again? You no, know, I tell you. We, oh, I'm oh, sorry, Rick. You go ahead. We, uh, no, I'm just saying to you that uh, going back to a while ago, we was talking about steroids. I just want to share this with you okay. too. A lot of the balls with steroids. If you gave me steroids, to I can hit it 60 feet further. It makes a difference, you know. Definitely. You know that 60 feet. It makes a difference. I've hit plenty of shots. I, I'm not. I I want to say this. I don't mind telling you this, but I've hit. I I'm pretty sure. I talked to Mickey Mantle about this. But when I was up in Washington, uh, I uh, I hit a home run that they came back there and told me it went 549 feet. I hit it out of the entire stadium. Now, it's not in the record books or anything like that. But I did go get to tell Mickey Mantle that I tied his record. <laughs> and that thrilled him. It totally thrilled him. That he said, I'm just glad you didn't break it. I, I think it was just glad you didn't break it. Not to get completely off track, but I think it's just so cool that like you can call Nolan Ryan at like a moment's notice. Like that's just like 
you know, in today's world, that's just what we call an ultimate flex, right? Like, you know, they, they, you know, if you look on social media and folks will be like, hey, who's the most famous person in your phone, right? In your contacts. And, you know, you could just blot out Nolan Ryan, right? <laughs> and it's just like, yeah. and yeah. I don't even know if that would be the most famous contact for you, just based on, you know, like some of the folks you, you know, are your friends and, you know, who you talk to. Um, you know, is Nolan Ryan, would, is he the most famous person in your phone, in your contacts? He's the most famous one that, that I think the world of. <laughs> so who who would be the most famous in, like, the eyes of, like, the people? Probably Andre Dawson would. Well, I don't okay. know. I don't know. It's a toss-up between them two. Uh, yeah, I, I think I think I think Nolan Ryan's probably in yeah. your heart and in the people. I think that is probably the, be the most. Yeah, famous that, person. they've never quit talking about that fist fight that he had with Ventura on the mound. Yeah, you know? like that's that's crazy, right? And like you know, I'm not like you know, I was born in '94, but like I knew I knew about that. Like you know, you you see that clip, and it's just like he's got him in the headlock, and he's just going at him, just you know, going crazy. Well, little did him. little did Ventura realize that. Nolan was a steer wrestler on the side having fun with steers. Well, there you go. And he's grabbing a, that guy's going in there with his head down. Uh-huh. Going to tackle Nolan Ryan, and that ain't going to work because Nolan's just going to use take him like a steer. So I Is, can't help but laugh about it. Are are you uh, are you in Dallas still? Yeah. Uh-huh. Okay. Because I like when I lived in Louisiana, um, you know, you would have. You would have the Rangers and then you would have the Astros on, you know, one sports channel had one, one sports channel had the other. Um, does Nolan Ryan like still go to, t- I, it seemed like every Texas game he was there. Yeah. Does he still go to all the games or is it? Kind no, of- he, he, he lives in Houston now totally. Oh, and, okay. um, and they're, he's, his, his son has a minor league baseball team in, um, in Austin, I think it's Austin. Okay, gotcha. Just just north of Austin. Um, what? And I'm just going completely rogue because I'm just in, intrigued at this point. Sorry, sixteen. Um, what is the coolest story that he's ever told you? Like, what is one story that he's told you that just really like stands out to you? Well, he hasn't really because he doesn't he doesn't talk about stories. <laughs> he doesn't like to talk about that fist fight. Yeah, yeah. He's just he's different like that. Uh-huh. Now, I've, now, I've got tons of stories, but yeah, he he's just real quiet about his stories. He keeps everything to himself. Hey. You got you got to love that humble aspect about him. I love that about him. He's a great guy. The family's incredible. The whole family. Hi, these are the guys from the ZZ Talk podcast. I'm Zeno. I'm Zeus. We are a podcast of two ordinary guys who talk about everything and anything, including sports, entertainment, politics, as well as an interview or two or five. Uh, you can listen to us on Spotify, Pandora, or wherever else you find your podcasts. That's the ZZ Talk Podcast. ZZ Talk Podcast. Like and subscribe. Hey, this is Alora Lovelight, and you're tuned in to the radio show ATL. Make sure to check out my latest single, Erodicy, and follow at It's The Radio Show on Instagram. If you want your music heard on the radio show, email the radio show inbox at gmail.com. <laughs>